1: Welcome to an all new two part edition of Tackling a New Kingdom. I am your host, Tank Johnson. And today we have an amazing show. We talked to the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell about player safety. And if the new rules benefit just the offense or does the defense get a little bit of love too? Um, let's jump right into it. Before we bring on our guests, I, I had some concerns, right? As a as a former player, as an old dog, as they say. Um, when when we were making these changes to the game, I was not sure if our game would completely change. Uh, it would look like powder puff football um that we see in our high schools, and ultimately with the offense, have all the advantages. The the way that I see it, and I will preface this as a former defensive player. Um, I I find the rule changes to be a lot more difficult for the defensive side of the ball to adjust to. Um, Obviously, we are reacting to what the offense is doing, and that leads us to be a little bit more kind of, fast and and playing a little bit more bang bang football whereas offensive players are setting us up with moves and you know we're we're just reacting and so um I just wanted to know if there was a possibility or are are they really considering uh the stress that it's putting on defensive players defensive coordinators um and and just that side of the ball in general When I look at being 40 years old now, right, turning 41 this year, um, a lot of my friends who I played ball with, um, now I'm seeing them into their 40s. And I am seeing that my friends who had really high impact collisions uh, over and over that those, you know, those safeties, those running backs, those linebackers. I'm seeing the challenges. I am. And it's not in everybody, but the challenges are there. And, you know, you look at some of these guys, they were fearless. Um, You know, they they were put on a pedestal for their fearlessness. You know, this guy would run at a Mack truck without slowing down, and that was something that we honored in the previous generation. And when you see those guys nowadays having uh, mood swings, concentration issues, uh, remembering. Uh, issues, memory loss, um, and even mood—you know, just really temperamental. When you look around and see, it's okay. He played that position. He played that position. He played that position, and they all three have some of the similar symptoms. I, I, I believe it became easier for for even guys like me, even if you had to say it in a dark room by yourself, that these new rules are gonna save some lives. Um, I know that it's a hard position to move off of, but if you've got any type of compassion in your heart, which I know we all do, we know that it's the right thing. And and not to mention, um. As we've seen our game go through these changes, we still have the best game in the world. Uh, Professional football, college football, on down to Friday Night Lights. That football is an amazing game. And although our numbers are changing at the Pop Warner levels, uh, the percentage of kids Joining football, um, maybe slightly down. Um, our game is still amazing. We have a generation of the sons of legends coming behind us, and they're being taught to play this game in a new way. And if, if for the longevity of the game, um, and the longevity of these kids' minds and bodies. If a couple tweaks need to be made, then then I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And so you y- you talk about that and you talk about <laughs> even uh some of the different pieces of equipment, we'll call it, that are rolling out. I'm talking about the little beehives that the guys are wearing, that, what the fuck? Ooh. People, y'all could have came to me and I would have put something together better than that shit. I mean, good. Th- that thing is hideous. And and I feel like, <laughs> uh, and, and I was just listening to the players. Uh, my question is this. Uh, Do you wear that helmet, the honeycomb helmet protector? um, And then is it a situation like leather, like the more you hit, you know, the the, the less susceptible you are to these injuries? And so if you wear a pillow over your head throughout training camp where you're supposed to be kind of getting the leather, and all of a sudden, you go into the game. Is there a, you know, is there like a drawback? You know what I'm saying? Like, is there is there a situation where, um, maybe you need in a smaller dose some of that to to acclimate yourself to full speed? Because that's always, uh, that's always the the issue, the complaint, right? It's like, well, if we if we taper back too much. Uh, in the training camp and change the rules significantly when we get to live bullets, is that going to cause more injuries and, and, and more uh, things to go wrong when, when, when we're playing for real? Um, I, I always know I've, I have not had a coach um, that has that one time that has been of the mindset that we can show up on first day of the, of the live Games and tackle well and block well, uh, have timing, uh, and then the quarterbacks and receivers uh, and the the running backs uh, not fumble. I I just don't know if if those two things will balance out. I guess only time will tell, but it certainly is a good thing that we are taking the steps, no matter what it takes. To make our game safer, but yes, Roger doesn't hold back. He talks about these changes. He talks about the way that they look at it from a competition committee standpoint, and I think he really shines a you know a respectable light on on the reasoning and and the why that we are you know in this position. So uh, I commend him for coming on here and and talking straight up. Uh, No fluff, no BS, just, hey, straight up questions about player safety, the impact on the game. Um, And and as you'll see, it's a great conversation. Uh, So, you know, without further ado, I'd like to introduce to you Roger Goodell. He is a semi-pro golf coach to the stars. He's my friend and NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell. Roger, how you doing, man?
0: TJ, I love that one. I, I've been watching more of your golf videos than anybody else, and you're <laughs> making real progress. So. Hey, well, thank you, Coach. Uh, I,
1: I'm glad that, uh, man, it's a tough game, but I'm I'm getting better, so it's good to have someone to send my videos to.
0: You're definitely getting better. Keep at it. Nice. All right. And
1: so today we're going to tackle something current, we're going to tackle something real between us and then we're going to tackle something a little controversial and and for for starters we're going we're going to tackle something current and as as I was leaving the game I saw changes being made to ensure the safety of the game that I'm not sure that I was an early fan of to be honest Roger but can you speak to the way a different approach in playing the game has made our game safer
0: yeah, and and listen, you weren't alone in that, TJ, as you know, um, uh, of the changes in the game. I think it was one of the, the big uh, challenges for us was, one, changing the culture, um, and two, uh, convincing people that this really was good for the game and that we could make the game safer and better at the same time. Uh, and, and a large part of that was on the basis that we saw there were techniques, that there were advances we could make in equipment. There were things that we could do with the rules that we were confident uh, would make our players safer. And that was our starting point. And it could reduce injuries, it could reduce impacts, it it could reduce potential long-term impacts. And, you know, for that we wanted, safety was our number one priority. But we also had to see how did that impact the game, ultimately. Right. And from a competitive standpoint, and people thought, hey, you're taking the contact out of the game or you're taking the hitting. And as you know, um, the the game is still, these guys are faster and bigger and stronger and, and, and the impacts are... And so I, anyone who wants to say the game is soft, I think it hasn't been out on the field, right? Um, right. And so it's still a, a really physical game. I think people love that. But I think we've been able to take techniques out that have we see by looking not just at videos but analyzing that and looking at the injury data to to see that those really do uh, create injuries that we could avoid. And that's on both sides of the ball. And I know, TJ, you probably bring up as a defensive lineman, okay, yeah, this all helps the offensive player. I, I would disagree. I'm going to get ahead of you on that one if you are going there. Yeah, let me know. You're, you were going to go there anyhow, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, but you would tell me, and I, you've said to me many times, even when you were playing, hey, I'm cool if I can protect myself, if I have a chance to, to 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 see it and know that I can protect it. So chop block was one that we've talked about for decades, right? Yes. And and one that you would say, hey, I'm looking to go for the ball carrier, or the quarterback, and I get somebody who's chopping me and I can't see him. Or can't I, can't, I can't defend against that, so we've taken that out and and, and made that safer. Um, you know, I would also argue a lot of the changes that people might perceive or protecting offensive player, like the hit to the head on a reception. Um, we saw the defensive player get hit and injured almost as much as the offensive player because of using that incorrect technique. Yeah. So we don't we don't think that just protects the offensive you know, we think it's both sides of the ball, protects the player, ultimately. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I think, you know, I think over the years that culture changes occurred where people recognize this is for safety and that we can still make this game incredibly popular. And I think we've proven that. And that's a credit to the players and the coaches, our competition committee, our medical teams for being able to take all the data and make the game safer.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I have, you know, I guess been around long enough to, you know, have an opinion on it and move off of that opinion based on the game. We still have the most beautiful game. It's like you said, it's played at a high level. And I don't think, um, I don't think we've had any drawback in, in competition and watching my, my, former teammates, you know, we're all in our 40s now and seeing how, you know, one mindset of playing football, if you change it, the longevity of the human being could be much better off. Correct. And, and so I, you know, I, I think a lot of us old dogs are moving off of that position, but I gotta say of, of all the bright ideas that I call you with all the time. And I call you with all type of shit, right? I'm just like, <laughs> how's this? How's that? And I get the answer. You know, we got to add value, TJ. How did those new honeycomb <laughs> helmet protectors get past your desk, my friend? How did that get past your desk?
0: I knew you were coming up with that. <laughs> and I'd like to see you with one of those guardian yeah. <laughs> If all I actually right. sleep
1: in it so I don't give myself a concussion.
0: <laughs> you know, um, as you know, some version of those guardian caps uh, go back into, I think, uh, roughly the 90s. Mark Kelso wore them in Buffalo back mm-hmm. in the 90s. Um, and and we were concerned about and the use of some versions of this because would it cause another injury? Um, there was a stickiness to that and could it potentially cause a neck injury? So we've been studying this for a long time and trying to find something that we were comfortable would add protection to avoid um, not just concussions, TJ, but actual head impacts. That you know, uh, you know, accumulation of those head impacts, you know, potentially can either have um, impacts on whether you're more susceptible to an injury later in the season, or to your point, long-term health of the individual and the player and yep. the person more importantly. So. Um, This has an ability to uh, reduce those impacts by at least 10%. If both players are wearing it, 20%. And, you know, listen, I, you know, someone said, you know, a lot of players have said, "I, I feel a little goofy in it, it doesn't look right. You know, I get that. But I guarantee when they, during the, during, you know, our early years when we first introduced helmets and when we modified those helmets to what I would consider more, uh, similar to where we are today. People probably thought they looked goofy then, too. Um, the, the reality is this is being done for the safety of a player. Um, it's really um, required uh, through the second preseason game nice. uh, for certain positions where those impacts are happening, offensive line, defensive line, tight ends. In um, those, um, you know, we'll see what the impacts are the early data that we have already looks like it's having a very positive effect um, good. on good. head impacts, but there's a lot more data for us to look at. But, you know, it goes back to that point and you know it too, uh, uh, people, you know, used to choose their helmets, but how well they looked, right? It was called a mirror test, right? Do, I look yeah. good, right? do I look mean? Yeah. Do I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I get that, but, you know, we've done a lot of work to prove that we can build a better helmet that's safer. Uh, nothing is 100% guaranteed, but they they have a very positive impact on reducing the impacts, and very you know very likely, obviously concussions. And we've seen a 25% in decrease in concussions across the board, yeah. and that's been uh, consistent for three years now. So we're now looking for the next phase of what can we do. To not just re- continue to reduce the head injuries, but also other injuries. So, we're applying the same approach to the uh, lower extremity injuries. So, which, as you know, yeah. you really probably cause more missed time than anything, uh, whether they're strains or tears, uh, you know, in the lower leg injuries. That's what we really think we can also make a, a big impact on.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was one of those guys when we switched from the traditional Redal helmet to the more revolutionary. I remember yeah. for about three or four years straight, I took my helmet home in the off season <laughs> So the trainer couldn't switch my switch my shit with that new one. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I was one of those guys. But he, I, but listen, I'll you were
0: alone, TJ.
1: Oh, good. It's good to know. It's good to know. Um, Well, I'll I'll give you a pass for health and safety because um, as an old dog now, it does mean something to me. It means a great deal to me. And so, and finally, do we just watch the game um, to like lead us and guide us to let us know if there are more changes to be made because, you know, the changes are coming on. um, I, I don't know if they're coming on rapidly. I think they're coming on at a good pace, but For example, do we just kind of see where we are right now to know uh, how much further we need to go in player safety? Is that we just look at the
0: data? Yeah, you know the one of the great things um, that we I think and gets probably not enough credit in the context of this is the data. So Hmm. we used to get injury reports and they were basically what was reported, um, you know, prior to a game. You know, uh, you know, and th- there wasn't as much, uh in my view, as much uh, medical focus as there probably should have been. Now, those reports are coming from the medical staffs of each team. Okay.
1: Uh, and,
0: and, they're, and they're based off of medical evaluations of an individual and their injury. So we not only have when the injury occurred, how significant the injury is, the length of rehabilitation. We have video that we can match up against that. And so the, that database is helpful in a couple of ways. First, it helps identify areas that where we think we can have an impact. Okay. And so the, the Guardian Cap's a good example of that. Or a rule change, we're seeing injuries. Uh, one of the big things is uh, today, the training camp period. How do we acclimate players and progress to the point where they're playing full contact and ready for a season? Yep. As you know, sometimes coaches would say that first day of contact, they go out and you know you'd have double, double sessions in a day. You would have a lot of contact. We we limit that contact. Uh, all clubs are, and we we're, we monitor that contact. And the Players Association has been our partner in that, along with the 32 clubs. So, I think we've been able to to make significant changes to to modify the rules modify our policy, modify the equipment, and the data now then helps us evaluate, did it work? we do we see a reduction in injuries? Uh, Or did it cause an unintended consequence uh, of some type? So I I think that data has been at the core of driving that, and we will always continue to focus on what changes should be made, either from a safety standpoint, which is something uh, we've had over 50 rules, I think, in the last, 10 or 15 years that have, that have been all been focused on safety. And then uh, we also believe that, you know, how do we make rule changes that are going to make the game more exciting, more competitive? How do we improve officiating? There's a lot of things that we will work on to use technology that can help us like an instant replay.
1: Yeah, no, as a player who, uh, you know, prided myself on the era that I played in, it was about toughness and it was about, Uh, We were trained by other tough guys. Like I am even more happy to see that one, our game is not suffering and our players are suffering less with those type of injuries. So thank you. That will, that is
0: tackling something current. Hey TJ, let me just make one point on that one. I think that's where the culture change comes in is this tough guy thing is it, it's not a tough guy thing to play through, um, a concussion, which could lead to a more serious injury. It's not a tough guy to play with an injury that could be more damaging. I think players are so aware of their bodies. They're so focused on that, um, that, you know, getting proper medical care, the earliest intervention is actually going to make them healthier ultimately and yes. allow them to play. So I think that's the culture change that's happened. If you were playing with somebody in the defensive line and he doesn't feel right, whether it's a you know a head injury. We're not asking the player to make a medical evaluation. We're asking to say, hey, my teammate here, I, I don't think something's right. Get medical care and, and get off and see the medical personnel. And yes. as you know, we have more and more medical personnel on the sidelines than when you played by a long shot. I think no. we, we have 32, at least on an average, 32 medical personnel on the sidelines in any given NFL game.
1: Yeah no and, and i'm I'm telling you man like i said if watching my watching my friends and teammates um who play the game a certain way and seeing some of the challenges that they have like i i'm all for it i think the guy, guys from my era are now uh championing the the this new modern era of safer play uh and i think it means a lot to us uh, in the long run so i appreciate And more
0: importantly next generation too right the-
1: yeah that next gen is is super important, so um you know we had to we gotta say you know the the science was correct <laughs> so <laughs> okay, so that is part one, wow, um the unprecedented access to the commissioner's office to just you know the the thought process behind why things are changing in the games um and and you know just the answers behind it. Uh, Stay tuned for part two uh, where we discuss how did two unlikely guys like us become friends and this iteration of the personal conduct policy, why is it better than the one he had when we first came into the league where he was the uh, end-all be-all, he was the sheriff with the gavel, he made all the decisions. In part two, we are going to cover all of that. Stay tuned. Tackling a new kingdom. Coming at you fast.